This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And, uh, well, I was very lucky this week as I was gifted a bag of chips. Oh man, and the first time that I'd ever tasted them. I've been in Dubai for 37 years and never tasted them before. So we all started talking about our favourite potato chips. You'd be surprised what some people just love to eat. We also had a look at the new Venom movie, Venom 2 with William Mullally and all things Hollywood. We spoke with Sneha as well, who gave us the latest news when it comes to Bollywood movies that we need to be watching. AJ, a.k.a. Mr. Brunch, also give us some brunch inspirations for the weekend. And we wrapped up with some comedy with Luca Capani from the Laughter Factory, who gave us a good old chuckle and told us where we need to be to have a good laugh this weekend. Do enjoy it, and I'll be back with you live on your radios, 11 o'clock, each and every weekday, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. I got a nice surprise this morning. Um, sat preparing the show and producer Maria came up to me and gave me a bag of chips. Oh man, which <laughs> I've, I've lived here for 30 odd years, 37, something like that. Uh, and I'd never tasted um, these uh, particular flavour of chips that um, producer Maria brought in. And uh, well, aren't they amazing, eh? I just, I don't know how you've never I seen know. them or tried them. I miss them. My goodness. Speaking <laughs> of chips, Oman and Canada, actually, my best friend came to visit, um, I think a couple of months ago. Yeah. And, you know, I was in touch with her. I was, she, she recently moved to Canada okay. for good. And um, I was in touch with her. I was like, what do you want us to plan for you? Tell me, what do you want? Like, let's do She's like, I just want a bag of Oman chips. <laughs> really? And I actually bought quite a few for her so she can go back home yeah. with them because she, she misses Canada. it yeah because yeah, we were born and raised here so this is what we know so as teenagers you were munching on these all the oh, time oh yeah? yes yes right. it was always our thursday night snack you know because really? weekends were our thursday Sweet friday yeah. yeah yeah thursday friday weekends <laughs> yeah. i remember those that's how um, long back it was but apparently i mean these these chips have um, found their way into many different oh, yes. um kind of walks of life and food and uh, and all, all kinds of things yes yeah? yes mark where do i begin have you tried uh, uh, well, obviously, I mean, given that you haven't heard of them, but there's Chips Oman sushi rolls. Really? So yummy. Super yummy. And actually, <laughs> look, producer Milani's yeah. eyes are glowing. She's I like, know. what? Yeah, that's on the menu this weekend, isn't it's it? It's very my- yummy. Some yeah. of the top ones I've had were um, parata, you know, the, the, the bread yeah. with cream cheese yeah. and then Chips Oman inside and then rolled into a sandwich. Wow. Very, very yummy. They also do it with the ragag. Khubz ragag is like the Emirati version of a crepe. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing with cream cheese and, and, and Oman chips. How have I missed all this? Seriously, there are <laughs> burgers that are made with Oman oh, chips wow. now. Like they put them as a topping, sort of like, you know, how people put crispy onion yeah. on top of your burger. They put Oman chips. They put Oman chips. Oh, wow. Um, that, that's, that, that's blown me away today. Um, <laughs> they're still waiting there on my disc, uh, uh, desk. I'll yeah. eat the other half for lunch um, later on. Uh, but uh, on, on the back of that, Oman chips or chips Oman, um, we're asking you guys, what are your favourite chips? What are you going to be munching on over the weekend? I'm quite a Twiglet fan. Do you know what Twiglets no, are? No, I don't. Like I heard you talking long about Long sticks, the longish sticks and the very savoury. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm massive on, on Twiglets. I probably eat Twiglets every single day. Guys, what are you going to be munching on over the weekend? Are you Googling Twiglets? I did. I Googled it. So I I know what they are, but I've never tried them. 
Give them a try. I will uh, this weekend. Promise me. (laughs) Actually, no, I will bring you a bag of those. Oh, that's very sweet. uh, Next week. (laughs) Thanks, Sunil, for your message. Many years ago in London, there was a brand of Chris by the name of Smith's. Yes, I remember those. The packet had a small salt bag inside, so one could choose the amount of salt that you put on your chips. Best eaten mixed with peanuts, but you do go on to say the best Chris on the planet uh, today is Hunter's, produced locally in Jebel Ali. I didn't know that. Um, Thanks for that message. We've got Odilon joining us on the line. Good afternoon, Odilon. How are you? I'm fine, Mark. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, uh, pleasure to have you on the show. So tell me, when it comes to chips, what is your go-to flavour? Well, I'm, I'm kind of super sweet too, Mark. I'm uh, overtaken by uh, my love for sweet, so I have sweet potato chips and banana chips, actually. <laughs> wow. And uh, you've said in your message that uh, on top of that, the sweet potato and the, uh, the, the banana, you put honey on. Yes, sir. <laughs> put on, put on the nice sugar. My goodness, you have got a sweet tooth, uh, Odilon, haven't you? Um, so, um, are you going to be munching on any uh, of those chips this weekend? I have the uh, big bag of banana chips lined up for the weekend after a big mountain hiking. Oh, you're going weekend, mountain so. hiking? Nice one. Where are you going hiking? Yes, we are. We are planning to go and explore the Wadi Rum this weekend. The, the Wadi. Wadi Ram, that will be around uh, Russell Kaima, I think. Okay, nice. Well, good for you. The weather's just perfect now, isn't it? So uh, That's why I need all the sugar. Yeah, perfect time. So you'll need the sugar for your energy. Yeah, Odilon, thanks thanks so much for your call, sir. Uh, What are you going to be munching on this weekend? And what are some of your favourites? We're going to go to the telephone lines. Jack is with us. Good afternoon, Jack. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. How's it going? Really good, sir. Uh, Now, I believe your kind of go-to choice of chip, you only eat it once a year. Yeah, you know, it's it's Super Bowl Sunday, and it's the Frito-Lay tortilla chips. And um, I I get the Joneses out once a year. (laughs) Okay. The the GDP and my weight goes up just once a year like that. All right. So (laughs) you sit yourself down in front of the TV with these Frito-Lay tortilla chips. Now, I believe your sister conjures up a fair old dip for them as well. She makes this killer, killer, killer onion, chive, and cheese dip, hot, hot dip. And, And between that and the guacamole, I put on about eight pounds between that and adult <laughs> beverages. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, Jack, um, thanks for that message. Uh, what are you going to be up to over this weekend? Well, I got a, a nine-hole round of golf with uh, two Brits and a Scot. No, it's not a golf joke. Okay. Like <laughs> and then uh, I, might, uh, I might catch a movie. I might do the... Uh, Which one do you think you'll go for? Will it be Bond? Will it be Venom? Or will it be um, The Many Saints of Newark? If you like your gangster movies, I can recommend that one. Which one? The last one? Yeah, The Many Saints of Newark. It's got Ray Liotta in it. And if you're a fan of The Sopranos TV show, it's actually kind of showing how Tony Soprano became Tony Soprano. Yeah, the prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good, man. And uh, directed by Mr. Chase as well. So it's really got all the perfect ingredients. I would recommend that one, Jack. Thanks for your call. A, a real pleasure. Finn, you message in. Good morning, Mark. My favourite um, crisp flavour is Marmite. Strong second is Worcestershire sauce. Third, cheese and onion. I used to have to bring bags of Marmite crisps for my husband from the UK until they started to get them in here. Thanks for that message, uh, Finn. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. 
Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for all your messages coming along, which I will get to uh, very, very shortly. Your favourite chips, your go-to chips that you just love to munch on um, whilst watching a movie, maybe. And talking of movies, he's here once again, our movie critic, William Mullally. Are you a muncher when you go to watch a film, uh, William? Yeah, but I'm a classic popcorn guy. You're a popcorn kind of guy. Maybe if I'm feeling adventurous nachos, but that's really as far as I go. You're a popcorn kind of guy. Well, I took your advice. Uh, I went to the movies last weekend, William, um, to see a film that we're going to be talking about very shortly. That's uh, The Many Saints of Newark. I absolutely loved it, being a big fan of the Sopranos TV show. But I suppose the big one um, opening up this weekend is Venom 2. Venom 2, or Venom Let There Be Carnage, which is the full title. Yeah. And I think this is one that people have been really, really waiting for. It's done huge business internationally where it's already come out. Now, finally, in the UAE. And, okay, I don't think you've heard me say this in a while. This movie is so bad. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, it's really bad. And, okay, I'm saying that as someone who really liked the first one. Okay, uh, really like I enjoyed the first one. Okay? Yeah. It's not a good movie. But I found that there was enough entertaining. I thought, you know, Tom Hardy was really, really committed to this performance. There was this novel aspect of him and the symbiote. Okay, but the plot of Venom is basically it's a, he's a Spider-Man villain, um, now divorced from Spider-Man. It's an independent um, spinoff where a man is uh, taken as host by an alien who has a wicked sense of humor, uh, more or less. And so here in the, in the sequel... We're diving more into that character, but all the sort of fun and originality that we saw from the, the first one, and the novelty, I guess, is the better word, um, really wears off. We have him and the symbiote are constantly bantering back and forth, but nothing is really funny. There's a lot of jokes, but nothing really lands. And we introduce a new character who we saw at the end um, in the extra credit sequence of the first one, played by Woody Harrelson, who's a character called Carnage. Yeah, Carnage is a serial killer um, who is on death row and basically by being infected by the blood of Eddie Brock um, played by Tom Hardy he gains his own alien and they have to fight it out that's really all we have here there's also you know a sort of um, love story that we have with Carnage and another character called Shriek it's a very like, quick 90 minutes where it feels like you're watching a two and an hour and 15 minute movie that they cut 45 minutes out of like there it just feels like there's scenes missing it feels like they watch their movie they're like okay this isn't very good let's at least send people home in 90 minutes and it's just it's not fun like i did I, i'm okay with a, having fun with a bad movie but it's not a fun bad movie it's a it's a boring bad movie it's just it felt at 90 minutes I, I was sitting there thinking knowing it's 90 minutes saying well at least it's only 90 minutes knowing yeah, it's within so. I know the feeling <laughs> uh, let's have a, a little listen to the trailer see if we can um, you know um, salvage something from it all I ever wanted in this world is carnage lady we should be out there snacking on bad guys I am a predator I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body. You live by my rule. I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Please, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours 
is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. So there's uh, a little clip from the trailer then, uh, Venom 2. Um, it sounds like it was carnage for you, William, <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah, really. I mean, I don't think I was ever really, like, um, at, at the point where I was going to walk out, because I, I guess because of the rest of the runtime. But it, it's, I, it's a 4 out of 10 for me. I, I think that Carnage as a villain, as much as I love Woody Harrelson, he just felt miscast. He never really popped as a character. He's just, you know... Throughout the entire 90s, anyone who grew up in my generation who was reading these comics, Carnage was this, you know, larger-than-life villain who just felt like the biggest threat that, you know, Spider-Man had ever faced. He's yep. a malevolent bad guy who's just driven um, in a way that no other villain really is. Like, he's the Joker times a thousand, which in the 90s, Maximilist era was perfect. And he never feels like that. In fact, there's a lot... He, it, the movie feels very small. It feels smaller than the first one. And Carnage feels small. And by the end, he's like whining about his, you know, how his dad hit him. And that's why he's a serial killer. It's like, really? Really? That we're doing that? And he's whining like, oh, (laughs) the reason that what I really wanted, Eddie, was just for you to be my friend. And you're not my friend, so we must fight. It's just nothing really fits. Nothing really is fun. There's really no threat. It's just popcorn. It's, it's, it's an excuse to go have some popcorn. Right. Uh, so um, not a, a glowing review of that one then uh, f- um, from uh, from William Mullally. I'm sure it's going to be filling cinemas, though, William. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think uh, that's due to the nostalgia that people of my generation have for this character and people that love Tom Hardy. And I think just going for a good, dumb, fun time at the movies. I know other people have had fun with it, so maybe you know people can text in. Um, and tell us next week what they thought of it. But I do think that uh, it just it didn't really do it for me as much as I really, really wanted it to. I wanted to have fun with this movie. I tried to manifest the best Carnage sequel that I got, but I did not get it. Okay, uh, so that's um, the uh, Venom uh, 2 on its second out. Do you think there'll be a third one, William? This one's done huge business, but I hope they don't bring back director Andy Serkis. Um, I love him. I love him as Gollum, love it as Caesar and Planet of the Apes, but uh, he did, did not have the Ruben Fleischer um, style, sadly. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Hey, welcome back into the show. And one thing we do get uh, from our movie critic, William Malali, is a no-nonsense review of a movie. He's pretty much panned at Venom 2, but don't let that put you off to go along and watch it in the cinema and, uh, you know, have your say on it. Now, a movie that you said, um, William, I should go and see this week or last weekend, I did uh, follow your uh, direction and went to see The Many Saints of Newark. I was not disappointed. Definitely my kind of a movie. Being a big fan of The Sopranos, William. Yeah, and I think there's so much for Sopranos fans to enjoy. Um, you know, from the Easter eggs of the, you know, the characters, all the different cameos, seeing you know great actors like Corey Stoll take on the role of you know Junior Soprano, and you know take on their interpretation of it, while also giving us you know new secrets that the show had kept from us. Um, you know how certain things happened. Uh, maybe differently than we were told. I think it has a lot to offer fans. But I think some of the, the best things that it has to offer that are new include, you know, adding actors like Ray Liotta to the mix, you know, obviously who's one of the most iconic, you know, actors, especially for, you know, mafia films from his starring role in Goodfellas in 1990. I, I think he was a person who, I spoke to him a couple of times um, recently. He told me that actually he was approached a number of different times 
to be in The Sopranos by David Chase, but he was always too busy at the time. And then when this came around, he wanted to be a part of it, but um, he wouldn't um, actually, um, he couldn't get the meeting. So he had to like beg all the different producers. He had to finally get a sit down with the director and they just didn't really want him to be a part of it. So he had to convince them to be a part of this. And interestingly enough, um, he was able to, to secure the role. And then while on set, another actor dropped out. And so he actually was brought in to play a second role, um, which I won't say too much about, which is also, uh, I think, really interesting. But at the end of the day, you know, I think Ray um, is a fan of The Sopranos. He's someone who's now sat down and watched the entire show. And I think he also recognized, you know, David Chase's world of The Sopranos as continued here in The Many Saints of Newark, just offers a different sort of a look at the mafia world than even something like, you know, Martin Scorsese um, was ever able to do. And I, I think that he really got a lot of, out of that. And at this point in his career is looking for things that have, you know, I think a, a richer and deeper subtext to them. Fuller, richer, non-cliched characters. They're, they're, each one is a human being who happens to be in this sort of world. It's not blanketed that everybody reacts and acts the same way. Everybody has, you know, different personalities, like everybody in life. But just because you, you do the same profession as the other doesn't mean that it's just one blanket way of, of this. Each person is, is, is different. Absolutely. And I, I think when we spoke last time, you told me that one of the harder parts of getting older is, you know, learning your lines. But obviously it's easier when you're <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your favorite part about getting older? You know what? What's favorite? I don't. I don't. I don't. Just the experience that you have. Like, I would never want to be in my twenties or thirties again. Just what you're going through and trying to figure out what it is that you want to do. And if you did something that you want to do, why isn't it happening? And it's 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 you, you you reach a certain point over time. I mean, it really is true. The the, the older you get, the less you know. And it, it it's a cliche, but it's really true. There's just so much out there. There's so many options and opportunities and ways of thinking or not thinking. It's just really interesting, and you just hope all of it is is you know just all done with, with love and meeting the right person and not to get fruity, but it's, it's, it's got its good and it's bad. I just love that voice. It's got gangster written all over it. I really wish he had uh, have appeared in The Sopranos, but it's good that he's uh, in this movie. And uh, as you say, William, he takes on two uh, roles. Yeah, I think they were actually very secretive about that. So for people who haven't seen it yet, we shouldn't say too much. No. But I do think that it is... Um, one of the, the better surprises of the film, and also I think it shows off the range of Ray Liotta as an actor. Um, I, I really like you know both performances and how different that they are. And I, I think that there's going to be, hopefully, you know, David Chase actually just signed a five-year deal with HBO. So hopefully we're able to see more of these characters. Hopefully we're able to see Michael Gandolfini, who takes on the role of Tony Soprano after his you know, late father yep. um, passed away maybe we'll get to continue. And in fact, you know, since David Chase told me that that's something that they're actually thinking about, it does seem with that five-year deal that hopefully there is more Sopranos to come. So this doesn't close the book. Rather, it might open a new chapter. 
Okay, so that's the many saints of uh, of Newark. If you're a fan of the Sopranos, you will love it. Trust me. Now then, um, there's a film festival happening as, as well uh, that you want to tell me about, William. Uh, what's it all about? Well, that's the thing. It's actually um, on Netflix. It's a permanent collection, but basically they've added 32 films today um, of Palestinian origin. And really, I think for fans of Arab cinema and fans of cinema in general, this is really um, much more exciting than really anything else because a lot of this is, you know, classic films um, from Palestine that are just really, really powerful. Um, you know, very, there's comedies in here. There's, you know, there's thrillers. There's so many different things, you know, from, you know, the films of Elias Suleiman, like Divine Intervention, It Must Be Heaven, um, to, you know, things like A Man Returned, The Crossing, the short film that led to 200 meters, um, you know, Eyes of the Thief, Pomegranate and Myrrh. I think there's so many different films that I'm really excited to watch, but I think one that I'm going to first be revisiting is Paradise Now, um, the classic film that was nominated for an Oscar in 2005 uh, by Hani Abu Assad that I think launched um, Ali Suleiman's career, a good friend of mine. And I, I think Paradise Now is a, a film that really, I think, changed people's views on a lot of different things. It, it's a film that, you know, boldly takes the perspective of the suicide bomber and what goes into that and how like someone gets radicalized into doing something that heinous in a really human way that I think, you know, opened up the, the humanity of all different types of people. And I think it was actually a role, um, Ali told me that he really hesitated in taking because he knew how hot button of an issue it was and how that's really not the sort of person that people want humanized. But at the end of the day, that's the magic of film that really you can look at the perspective of anyone. And even if you don't support it, you can understand it and learn something about that. And I think Ali's performance was something that really, really added to that. I did an audition, of course. And um, after I made the audition, and, uh, I get the What role. was the audition? It was in Nazareth, my hometown. Mm. Uh, Hani Basad was looking for um, for uh, actors for his film, new film, and he made the audition. I got the role immediately after the audition. Like I get the answer, mm. and it was really um, a great answer. But at the same time, when I get the uh, script, I read it. I said, "Okay, I have to think about it," because this is really um, was a difficult subject. Yeah. At that time, and to speak... At any time. Uh, yeah, at any time, you know, and, and, and to speak about it this way, uh, I said, listen, I, I, I am really still, like, in the beginning of my career. I don't want to end it up with this movie. Mm. I was sure that this movie will close all the doors in front of me. Of course, um, that uh, movie um, opened one of the, uh, the early um, Dubai film festivals, didn't it, William? Paradise Now. Yeah. It did, and it went on to, from there, win a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film, and then be nominated for an Oscar. And I think it's one of the films that I think opened up people's minds to, to Arab cinema internationally. I know, you know, me, like, early in my my film fan career as, like, a, a kid saw that movie and was really wow. It could open it up me to Arab cinema in a lot of ways. So I think people have the chance to rediscover it here. Hopefully it'll open up to the 31 other films um, that Front Row and Netflix have launched um, today, and I think there's a lot really to to explore within just Palestinian cinema and the broader Arab cinema um, at large. Um, so this weekend, uh, is it going to be a battle between uh, Venom and uh, Mr. Bond? Hmm, it could be. There's also the Last Duel, which brings together Matt Damon and Ben Affleck together. Yeah, that one I'm curious to see from director Ridley Scott. Um, it doesn't really have much hype, but I think that 
you know, those actors are enough to, to bring me into the cinema. So I think I'll be going to check that one out. Fantastic, William. Always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. That's, uh, once again, our movie critic, William Mullally. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Now, we've uh, already talked about uh, the Hollywood movies uh, opening this weekend. Venom 2, of course, a big one. James Bond is still out there. Well worth a watch, let me tell you. But uh, we're going to turn our attention to Bollywood right now. Welcome, uh, Sneha May Francis, into the studio. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you've been watching um, what you're going to watch and perhaps what nobody what should watch. What nobody should watch, <laughs> yes. I think I should make that list because I was talking to you earlier on about mm. how the, I've just had such a bad run with you know what I have been watching so I can now make a list of what people should not watch okay well <laughs> something that you have watched is uh, is it Thalivi is that well yeah? done Thal- I'm getting better oh. let's have a listen yeah <laughs> There it is. That's the trailer. Start the camera. Let's start the, um, I don't know, the critique on, on this one. Well, this is another biopic that's come from Bollywood. This okay. had its fair share of run in the cinemas. It's come up now on Netflix. It's called Jayalalitha. It's after the political leader, celebrated political leader, Jay Jayalalitha. Just my take on this. Mm-hmm. She is, like all political leaders, you know, there's a shade of grey, there's a shade of black and white. Yeah. But Bollywood, uh, unfortunately, will only focus on the good side of things. Um, again, this is a, a South Indian political leader, a Tamilian leader. To see it in Hindi, for me, was a big distraction and I unfortunately do not agree with a lot of, you know, when when you're making bilinguals. It's also made in Tamil, but on Netflix, the version that I watched is in Hindi. So it's very jarring to see people down south speak Hindi when their language is Tamil. So again, it takes away from the narrative for me. Jaya Lalitha, I think they focused on, the filmmakers are focused on just one aspect of her life. Um, Again, being very, just glorifying the leader. There's very few insights into who she really was. That's a big letdown because because I've, I'm a journalist and I have followed the politics of it down south. I most of the stuff that you see on screen mm-hmm. is what actually happened. So there's nothing really in it for me. So then, as a movie, does it work? I would say no. Where it does work is it's a costume drama. So they get that pitch perfect. So you know the way the, the way she was back then. She started off as an actor. You know her relation with MGR, also a known political leader. But in this, they say MGR. I think probably the uh, there, there are legalities associated okay. with it. Um, so when you look at the visual aspect of it, it's. It's well done, you know. They, they right. get the set right. Back yeah. the you know the glori- glorious bygone era, the costumes, you know, parts of uh, tidbits from the, their movie career. When it switches into Tamil, you kind of you know love it. But when you look at the performances, it almost felt like Mark. I was watching a play, and everyone's talking punchlines. Everyone has something to say, but everyone's talking like wooden characters and you're wondering is that how people normally talk i don't think so okay <laughs> then we have kangana ranath who plays jayalalitha again visually 
bang on she looks the part but i don't think she could translate or even like you know absorb the charm uh, of a of a great leader jalalta was known for her charismatic personality she spoke english so well she was very articulate none of that and that's unfortunately a a shame because here you have a, a massive personality and then you just reduce her into someone who's just standing there and waving flags and i don't know i just didn't understand why they couldn't get a south indian actor a tamilian actor to play the part again we have arvind swami who who is a tamilian actor who gets into the role of mjr um visually appealing but after a point you just feel like i just i just felt like they were all puppets there was no emotion for me and unfortunately yeah, i would say this is on down. my list of you That's can skip a, it a big cross on that one yeah. eh? okay um let's see if we can <laughs> um take a look at uh, something this is one you haven't seen yet you're going to be watching yeah that. i've got three promising films promising <laughs> let's start with this one you to bangalore mein tha tab used to fight so much and then when you were in finland we barely fought and i thought maybe this is worse than a fight on little things in english this one yeah so this <laughs> this started off their journey the series is called little things uh, about a young couple dhruv and kavya you know navigating through issues of love its complexities yeah it started off uh, as a series on youtube uh way way back and then netflix purchased the franchise mm-hmm. and then they greenlighted it into few other seasons uh, now it's in its final and fourth season so it's a very easy breezy you know mm-hmm. young couple their issues you know just just casual conversations you know what they deal with so this is on its final journey on netflix and this lands on october 15th okay i'm thinking this is going to be a fun watch yeah by the sounds of it and by the sounds of the trailer it will be little things now rashmi rockets aapne bahut sar pe chada rakha ise kabhi meri nahi sunti eh wo khud ki sunti hai na wo sabse badi baat hai mujhe thodi na marna tha athlete jis desh ke liye medal jeete na उसने चुटकी में इतनी जोर से गिराया कि क्रैश हो गया तेज रॉकेट मानू बेन बहुत तेज दौड़ती है बचपन से जो मेरी माँ है ना उसने पूरे गांव का ध्यान रखा हो जब मैं प्रतियोगिता में भागने जाऊंगी ना तो तू उसका ध्यान रखना क्यों पसंद एक्चुअली ना मुझे बचपन से एक फौजी बॉयफ्रेंड चाहिए था बस बात यही है I think we can all agree that this India should represent India. So that's a trailer uh, from uh, Rashmi Rockets. What do we know about this one? I love the name. It is an interesting uh, film. I mean, I looked at the trailer and I was like, this one looks promising. This is the one. This is the one. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it out in the universe. Yeah. This is called Rashmi Rocket. And this, um, it's a very unconventional story. It's about an athlete. And, you know, the, the concept of... gender testing which is not new in international sports it's mm. been around since the late 60s but yeah. this is this takes center stage in this story 
where he, here she is, she's an athlete. She's, you know, got great hopes for winning a medal for the country. Yeah. And then she faces a ban because she fails a gender test. So it's her story and it's, it's interesting. interesting to see where that takes and where her journey begins or ends. So I'm really excited about this one. And Tapsi Pannu plays the lead and looks phenomenal. Great stuff. I like the sound of that one, Rashmi Rocky. Very quickly, we'll just chat about this. And we only have a couple of minutes left is uh, Sardar uh, Udham. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's this one all about? What do we know? Um, this is another biopic that's coming on Amazon Prime. This lands on October 16th, directed yeah. by White, one of my favorite directors, Sujit Sarkar. It's about um, a freedom fighter who decides, uh, who is known for assassinating Michael Odaya, who's the one who's behind the 1919 Jalinwala massacre. Um, I don't know if you know about this. This is one of the in our history, it's one of the most traumatic incidents um, in, that unfolded in Amritsar. So mm. I am, and it looks fabulous, you know, again, visually very appealing. Yeah. Let's hope this lives up to the expectations. And the cast? Yeah, this one has Vicky Kaushal, um, again, another phenomenal actor taking the lead, playing Uddam Singh. Brilliant. Um, always a pleasure to have you. I feel it's the weekend every time uh, that Sneha <laughs> comes in. It's it. The weekend gets started with our look at the world of Bollywood. Uh, you're having a, a nice quiet one this weekend? Oh, just, yeah? just, the, just the kind I think I need yeah. where I'm going to be just watching some good films. Yeah. Let's put that out in the universe and just relaxing. I think uh, we all need one of those. We, we do. And, and go see James Bond as well. Oh, <laughs> Will someone uh, volunteer to babysit? Not anymore, but he's a, he's a little boy. But yes, I'd like to go and watch this yeah. one. Uh, Sneha May Francis, always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, thanks for all your messages coming in regarding your chips, your favourite potato chips that you just love. Uh, thanks, Mohammed. Pringles, sour cream and onion, sublime taste, makes the four-hour post-snack smelly breath totally worth it. Thanks for that, Mohammed. And Jennifer, black truffle is my favourite crisp flavour, um, though my recent taste of the shakshuka flavour uh, by the same maker left me wishing some breakfast items remained in their appropriate modality. Thank you for that one as well, Jennifer. We've got Mr Brunch on the show right now. Do you, are you a, a potato chip snacker, Mr Brunch? Um, I, do you know what? I love the classic, like the Monster Munch, or those old school ones that you used to get at school. love those. Okay. Big yeah, big packet. You could put the salt all over them and that, yeah. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> <hungry>. <laughs> anyway, um, we're looking at brunches uh, once again. Good to have you back on a Thursday, AJ. Um, and uh, there's going to be a relaunch of uh, what sounds like it was a very, very popular brunch back in the day. Oh, well, there's uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, this is one that um, uh, relied very much on its location and outdoor season. So Bridgewater Tavern is relaunching tomorrow, which you cannot absolutely wait for. Definitely a popular brunch, great hotel. Um, and obviously we're back in brunch season. So outdoor brunching is uh, is on vogue at the moment. OK, um, so this is a champion, world barbecue champion, I believe. Yes, so uh, for one day only. So tomorrow there's a, a guy that's flown over from Holland. His name's Jord Altuizen. I hope I've pronounced that correctly for like, all the Dutch speakers out there. Um, and it's, he's bringing some of his barbecue champion signature dishes. So he's got things like uh, Tex-Mex chicken wings, uh, Wagyu brisket, eggs benedict, and he's also got uh, chili cheese dogs and something called a heart stopper profiterole, which is absolutely delicious. I've seen pictures of it and I can't wait to taste it. 
Okay, um, so Bridgewater Tavern, where do we find it? And um, what kind of cuisine are we going to be looking at for this one? Uh, so this one is down on the ground floor of the JW Marriott Marquis. It's right on the canal uh, front. It's one of the actually the only uh, restaurants that makes use of the uh, the canal since it's opened. Um, and in terms of cuisine, they've got it's all about smoked meats. So things like short ribs and chorizo sausage and loaded pavlovas. But it's a it's a family fr- uh, friendly brunch uh, and a really big thing as well as the uh, the speciality chef that they've got tomorrow. Uh, the live band is a, a new duet, duet. Um, but I've mentioned this lady before. Her name's Inriana, um, and I call her the Indonesian Beyonce. Honestly, she can just sell wow. out any tune. She's phenomenal. Awesome. So live music as well. Um, so what's it going to set us back if we want to head to the Backyard Brunch? Uh, backyard Brunch, so it is 360 if you want house beverages. Uh, soft beverage package is 195 or uh, kids up to 12, uh, 97 dirhams, and uh, underneath that, kids will go for free. Cool. That's uh, a relaunch. Good to see it back uh, on our map when it comes to uh, brunches. Now, um, the Thursday barbecue at Brasserie. Um, what do we know about this one? Uh, so Brasserie 2.0 is a really cool one that we've done a few times on a Friday. Sort of really large, expansive, and high-quality um, uh, set up both indoors and outdoors but outdoors is where they're really pushing their focus because they've got a massive barbecue grill um, and again the weather's now turned amazing for it so they really do leave you spoilt for choice in terms of the types of meats you can get if you like your lamb chops your steak your lobster um, and everything it's a real meat and fish foodies uh, foodies dream so you get it you pick it and then they cook it to order okay uh, where do we find it where's the location and uh, what's the cost of, of this one uh, this one is at Le Royal Meridian, um, and this one is the one uh, next door that had Tour Grand in the marina. Yeah. And it's Thursday night one, uh, so from 7 till 11 p.m. Uh, the regular package is 250 dirhams, which is soft beverages, and your premium package, which is your uh, alcohol package, is 450 dirhams. Cool. Now, of course, um, all roads are leading to Expo and all metros are as well at the moment. And uh, I'm, I've been working there, of course, this week, uh, but I'm going to go as a customer over the weekend. And uh, I believe uh, there's, uh, there's a brunch at Expo 2020. There is. I mean, like Dubai, I, it was, wouldn't be Dubai if they didn't put two of their favourite things together. You know, it's just one of their favourite pastimes, obviously their favourite attraction at the moment. We were actually there uh, last night just giving it a bit of a, a casing of the joy of exploring and walking around and our steps in. Um, and this one is right outside our Wassel Plaza. So the big giant dome that you see there, I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with it. Yeah. Um, this one, you look out onto it from the third floor, and this one is at Club Emar, which is their uh, hospitality uh, lounge here. So they've, they've started a brunch, um, and it will be starting, uh, it's actually started a couple of weeks on their third floor. So this one is a real one. All right, um, AJ. So uh, Brunch at Expo, um, what is it going to set us back? So Brunch at Expo will set you back Nate Durham's for three, four, three, nine, five for uh, selected house beverages, but you will need to have your Expo pass or Expo ticket as well. So if you haven't got one, you need to pay the 95 Durham's on top of that price.
AJ, always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. That's uh, Mr. Brunch. Some uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, Brunch at Brasserie 2.0 and uh, also the relaunch of the Backyard Brunch at the Bridgewater Tavern. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back to the show. Thursday, of course, we're all looking forward to the weekend and if you want a good laugh, I can tell you that the Laughter Factory is in town uh, with its latest tour. You can catch them uh, tonight and tomorrow night at the Movenpick over in JPR, JBR and then uh, next weekend they'll be at Zabiel House on the 20th, on the 21st at the Grand Millennium in Barsha Heights and on the 22nd Studio One Hotel in Dubai and uh, we've got one of the comedians joining us on the show right now, Luca Capani. How are you sir? Hello, hello, yes, uh, nice to, to see you. I'm happy just a little bit um, um, air conditioning as, as uh, it's playing fun with my thoughts but i would be ready for tonight oh you're sounding great luca let me tell you um so you're the first italian comic ever to come and join us in dubai so uh well, indeed well done for that uh, so <laughs> tell me tell me about your journey into comedy luca and how it all started for you oh well um i started in comedy in uh, the uk in london because i moved there uh, almost eight years ago yeah and the original plan was to be an actor because uh, they, you know, it's, it's multi- multicultural, and they need some actor with a, with a foreign accent. Okay. The problem is, I don't look exactly Italian. I was told I look more Eastern European. So I was, uh, they didn't know how to use me even for a commercial. They said, you can't, you know, uh, sell a pizza. You don't look like Mario. You, you look like uh, <laughs> a, a random Polish guy trying to sell a pizza. Why are you doing this? <laughs> because I'm very fair. Pale skin, and, and so I, I, I tried. I missed being on stage, and I started doing comedy, and I and I love it. So, it, it, first of all, it was wanting to be an actor. Then it kind of all changed, and um, you know, going into comedy. I mean, how was your first show? Tell me about your first gig that uh, that you ever oh, did, uh, Luca. It was at the Comedy Store in London, which is a huge place. Because I googled best open mic in London, and it was the first one. What I didn't read is a. Uh, that uh, the most brutal open mic in London. So it's a gong show. So you go on mm. stage, and then if you don't, if they don't laugh, they they boo you off, uh, and you need to resist five minutes. Okay. And I didn't know. That. I was expecting more some a relaxed uh, jazz club atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just a bit wild, but um, but I won. I don't know if they, maybe they were shocked by my broken English because I. Arrived a month before, and and my English was was really really difficult to understand for them. But somehow they 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 gave me the first first spot, and so I I, I fell in love with a with a craft, and I thought oh, this is wonderful. I'm on stage like an actor, but I'm myself, which is even better than being an actor. So and and my accent isn't a problem because it's actually something that adds to the to the fun. So yeah. So I'm really happy with that. So it all kind of worked out for you, didn't it? You say it was kind of a brutal, this comedy store. I mean, uh, so they'll literally kind of boo you off and throw you off stage if, if they don't think you're funny. Yeah, imagine uh, 400 people and three of them selected randomly. They have a red card. And they, if they don't like you, they're, they're the crowd, ask them to raise the card. Or they can raise the card by themselves. So you are talking and you hear one card. And then you just start yeah. panicking. Two cars and then three cars. <laughs> they bang a gong and play another one bites the dust by the queen. Oh, That's dear. how 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that must be an awful feeling. I mean, have, have you had gigs where it's not gone well for you, um, uh, Luca, and, you know, you feel sometimes perhaps like you want to pack it all in? Yes, sometimes. Well, it's part of the growing process. The, the thing is, you never know. Even if you do your gold material, there might be something is your energy, maybe, or you didn't connect with the audience immediately, yeah. or you didn't read the room. And especially in the beginning, uh, it's, it can be a bit uh, difficult. Now we are more after eight years, uh, and I'm confident. I, I look forward to tonight. You know, if I had happened, if I had, had been in Dubai at the beginning of my career, I would have been scared. But yeah. now I'm excited. I can't wait to meet people tonight uh, at the show because uh, yeah experience helps you to deal with the thing. especially after the, the pandemic we had uh, I can't wait to meet people live for real you know it's, it's a nice feeling uh, I mean you've, you've traveled quite a bit haven't you and I know that you've uh, appeared in uh, in Montreal um, yep. in that festival Edinburgh as well um, what, are, what are some of your most memorable gigs that you've done Luca Oh, so, uh, well, just for us was, was great because, uh, it was with, uh, with the most famous comedians and by a pure chance of alphabetical order in the, you know, on the website, I was just after Louis C.K. Before Louis C.K. had, you know, now he's not the most popular comedian, but back on the day too, he was. And so, uh, that, 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 that felt nice. And, uh, I had, um, uh, I had a gig in, in Germany, in Switzerland in uh, Latvia, and it's, um, I'm amazed anytime I can connect with people in a language that is not mine, maybe not even their first language, mm. but somehow we manage to have a communication and we laugh. And it's just beautiful when you make a room of strangers laugh at something, uh, you entertain them, they can have some, uh, you know, some relief. You, you, you're just doing it, you feel so good. So every, I would say every gig where I manage to um, make a, uh, a full crowd laugh and uh, um, in a language that uh, was a sort of bridge. So English as a, as a second language, international language, was special for me. Always, always special. Uh, it certainly is, and uh, hats off to you, you know, going into comedy with what is your second language and, and making such a big success of it. And, of course, you're one of three comedians. Have you met the other guys yet? Uh, only John, because uh, Jean-Paul is arriving like a, like a rock star two hours before the gig, I, I guess. So uh, I can't wait to see how jet-lagged will it be. Uh, but uh, I know John since um, uh, London because uh, he played in the UK for, for many years. So that's where we met. Another good thing, it's a small community, very supportive of, uh, of people. I mean, you, you get to make friends with people anywhere in the world. Uh, from Australia to Canada, you have some uh, friends that uh, share this passion for, uh, for comedy. Well, it's been great catching up with you, uh, Luca. Uh, you're going to be appearing at the Movenpick JBR tonight and uh, also tomorrow night is where we wish you well yes. for that. And uh, for the gigs Thank next you. weekend, um, you can get all the information at laughterfactory.com and uh, do look exactly. out for it. I hear he is hilarious. That's Luca Capani joining us um, on the show for this Thursday. <laughs>